Hi, everyone, and welcome to Huddle's new podcast, Home Office. I'm Mark Legere, Huddle's editor. And I'm Trevor Nichols, a reporter with Huddle in Halifax. So good to finally get you on the podcast, Trevor. Yeah, I thought it's about time we get some Halifax flavor up in this podcast. We can't let you and Sharice have all the fun. Yes, it cannot be dominated uh, by St. John, New Brunswick. <laughs> yeah, we've got a lot of great stuff to talk about here in Halifax, so I'm excited to, to come into the fold. Yeah. So situate us, Trevor. Uh, where, where, do you, where do you live in Dartmouth? Because I know you are on the Dartmouth side. Yeah, I'm in the dark side, right in downtown Dartmouth on Portland Street. So tell me a little bit about your neighborhood. What does it look uh, like? Yeah, Portland Street uh, and Dar- downtown Dartmouth in general is a great little neighborhood. It's got a little bit of a bad rap, but it's uh, wholly undeserved. It's uh, it's come quite a long ways in the last 15 years. We've got lots of cool local businesses, cool restaurants, as I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, lots of cool stuff going on in, in Portland Street, Dartmouth. It's it's sort of like a it, it's it's we we sort of talk about it like it's a a small town sort of right in the middle of a big city and it really has that feel. And so where like tell me about your your living and work situation right now. Tell, how are things going? Oh, I mean, like everyone, I'm <laughs> my apartment is my life. <laughs> I basically don't leave. Um, you know, it's a it's a little bit challenging, but uh, you know, living in a place like downtown Dartmouth, at least I have some sort of people around so I can kind of feel at least a little bit like I'm a human being out in the world. Now I know that you're married and you have a cat. <laughs> I do. Yes. Um, I have a very, a very love hate relationship with my cat, Dinah. She was uh, my wife's before we got married. And the first, I would say two or three years, uh, we did not get along very well. <laughs> it was a, it was a rocky road. But uh, she's come to be my biggest moral support uh, as I'm working from home here. She's actually sitting on my lap right now, believe it or not. Oh wow! And you well, the, that's very similar to well to 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 my wife uh, Janet. She um, I when we first met, I had uh, four cats. Oh my goodness! And they all lived with me, and uh, and they actually all slept on the same bed as me. And uh, <laughs> it took her she t- it took her a long time to come around to the fact that, uh, that I was a cat guy, and and the cats weren't going anywhere. Yeah, you were up in like crazy cat person territory with four of them there. That's that's really pushing it, Mark. Like I I was pretty close. Like I was actually lucky that somebody like Janet came along and would put up with that because I was like I was like late twenties uh, single guy with four cats. I right. wasn't exactly a hot commodity. I thought you were going to say you were lucky that she came along and sort of saved you from your your four cat existence. Well, she kind of did because you know <laughs> uh, there there's no way right now we're here with you know two kids in the house and and uh, we have one cat right now. And there, I can I can assure you that uh, as as you know, the cats left died. You know, as 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 happens with our, our precious little critters, there was no going back up to four. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like by attrition, we got down to uh, we got down to two. Yeah, down to one. I can't even imagine being more than one at this point. So you know, good for you. And then put some kids on top of that. You've got a busy household over there. Yeah. And so, how how are you and your wife getting along? In 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 the apartment together because I know um, I know in Nova Scotia things are a little bit different than New Brunswick where we're starting to open up and you know Nova Scotia is still uh, you know a little bit of ways away from where New Brunswick is. Yeah, we are locked down tight, and uh, it's funny. Uh, our apartment that we live in used to be an office, and it's laid out in the strangest way uh, because there's technically no doors at all, 
So it's really just like one giant room. So it's a, it's it's like a the perfect relationship test because even if we're mad at each other, we can't even go in another room and slam the door, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, I'm, I'm curious to know what uh, you know what things are like for you guys in the neighborhood because um, I'm sure it's you know your your experience is probably similar to a lot of a, a lot of people living in, in in Halifax right now. Like, what are what are you missing right now, and what are you getting? Like in terms of you know takeout that you're getting restaurants that you're missing yeah um it, it's starting to open up a little bit more here in halifax and dartmouth so most of the restaurants that we all miss are, are starting to open back up um i'm thinking specifically of battery park which is a which is a well-known restaurant here in downtown dartmouth they like most of them had closed and have reopened now and doing some takeout but i, I gotta tell you i still i still really miss um not so much a restaurant, but, you know, going to work on the ferry every day, which is something I don't do because I'm working from home and working um, from Volta in downtown Halifax. I miss, you know, I, I miss cabin coffee, which I don't get anymore because I'm sort of stuck in my own little neighborhood. That being said, I can still get, you know, some good takeout from Battery Park and I can still run down to Humble Pie and get a New Zealand hand pie at the end of the day if I want. And, you know, the, the reason I asked to Trevor is because, you know, this is the podcaster's, you know, awkward, you know, deliberate segue because we're, we're uh, <laughs> on, 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 yeah, on, you, on today's. You threw the ball and I didn't catch it there. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> oh, no, I didn't expect you to. all over my head. Yeah, no, I didn't expect you to. I was just kind of laughing at myself because we're, we are going to talk about, um, we're going to talk to two uh, restaurant owners um, on, on today's podcast that we'll get into in a minute, uh, talking about where kind of where the restaurant industry is right now. Um, you know, and again, the pictures being, being different, both in, in Halifax and, and in New Brunswick. Um, but I know like for me, for example, like I, I was so excited to, and Trevor will get this because actually, uh, should reveal this now, Trevor and I are both vegetarians. Um, and, uh, I, got a delivery of rotis yesterday, vegetarian rotis from Lizzie's Kitchen, which is a great, uh, a, a great, um, it's a food truck, but they also operate uh, a business in the St. John's City Market uh, during the, um, uh, during the winter months and uh, operate a food truck during the summer. And uh, when, when she arrived with my rotis on my doorstep yesterday, we were so excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's and, the first chance you've had to get them, eh? Yeah, it's the first chance. And, and actually, this is something um, Trevor will get a kick out of, but also uh, other vegetarians that, that might be tuning in. Uh, one, of the, um, one of the restaurant uh, owners that, uh, we're gonna, with, that we, we spoke with uh, this week, uh, Doug Townsend from the canteen in Dartmouth, um, I had gone over to visit Trevor when we first hired him, and uh, he took me to the canteen to eat. And uh, I'm in this, um, this time where I'm kind of experimenting with, uh, you know, how vegetarian do I want to be? And uh, one of the things I've come to is I've, I've read a lot about uh, what are called sea plants. Um, so, you know, essentially things that some vegetarians uh, argue aren't, aren't, aren't life forms that we should be concerned about. And one of them is scallops. <laughs> so, so I was pretty happy. So I, I was meeting Trevor for the first time and in person um, since we hired him and, uh, and having, having dinner with him with, uh, with Shelly Snodgrass, our Huddle's general manager. And, uh, Trevor looks across at the vegetarian Mark as he orders the, uh, scallop dish from the canteen. And, yeah, and you, I can still, you felt I can still taste. You fellow vegetarians can judge Mark however harshly you want for his yes. decision to eat the scallops there. 
but I, I can still taste those seared scallops from the canteen. And, well, and I do know that that's a place you regularly go to, Trevor. Well, yeah, and I, I got to say, I haven't been a vegetarian as long as you, Mark, and I still miss the canteen's hamburger. It is, it is, it haunts my dreams, let me tell you. <laughs> well, we may as well like jump into that chat, Trevor, as we set up the conversation that I had with, um, with uh, Doug Townsend from the canteen and uh and and jesse virgin who's a very well-known um chef and and restaurant owner here in saint john um and uh so tell us a little bit about you know i know the canteen is your regular spot yeah i actually live almost directly across the street from it before the COVID shutdown it was probably my main go-to lunch place when i was at home but uh but doug and renee levelet who uh, run the restaurant together uh they're they're sort of like the darlings almost of uh of Certainly, certainly Dartmouth. We're very protective of our own here. But but I would say the Halifax restaurant scene uh, more generally, you know, the canteen is is a very well-respected restaurant here. Uh, Renee is obviously a very talented chef. And Doug and Renee uh, really do a lot and they care a lot about um, community building through their business. So through the throughout the COVID-19 thing, as their restaurant has been shut down, they've also been taking time to, you know, make meals for some of the local food banks uh, and, and places that serve meals to, you know, underserved populations. So they're a, they're a really well-loved and really well-known, um, couple of restaurateurs here in Portland street. And I'm sure Doug has a lot of really interesting things to say. Yeah, and definitely. And, and I know that, um, too, you'll, you'll be excited to know personally that they're, they are, uh, this weekend doing a, a, a soft launch of, of a, uh, takeout service. They are, you know, coming back in that form because they've, they've been shut down. So Doug talks a little bit about that. So I'm sure you'll be quite excited. Oh, I'll be number one in line, Mark. Let me tell you. Yeah. And, and both, both, um, guests today, both, uh, Doug from the canteen and, and Jesse from the, uh, the St. John Ale House and, 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 you know, several takeout businesses that he also has in this, in this area in St. John, you know, there, the Jesse is also very well known in St. John. I mean, both Renee and, uh, and, um, uh, and Jesse are former top chef, uh, Canada, uh, participants, um, very well known nationally as, as well as here in, in the region. And actually Jesse and, and Doug and Renee, have, you know, connected a lot. They actually, they know each other. So, because uh, of course, over the years, the maritime, uh, you know, food industry is, is small. And uh, so they, they've had a lot of chance to interact um, together. So they knew each other well. So there was, it was nice to get the two, those two guys on that, that chat together, because there was uh, an instant familiarity, familiarity there. Um, and so, you know, we ended up having a, a great chat. And I, you know, the other thing too, here in, in, in St. John, cause I, my, your stand, but you have your standbys at the canteen and, and other places. And, uh, I'm missing my, uh, my bean burrito at Toro Taco, which is one of Jesse's, um, Jesse's, uh, takeout businesses that, uh, that he, uh, he co-owns with, uh, people here in St. John. So, uh, we're, we're missing them. And so I was, I was so thrilled to connect with the two of them cause I'm, you know, big fans and big fan of both restaurants. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's crazy how much a part of our lives these places become the, these restaurants in our communities. Yeah. Well, thanks very much for connecting with me, uh, Trevor. I know we're gonna you know we'll talk a lot more as 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 the weeks go along, and we'll bring you back on bring you back on the podcast. But thanks a lot for chatting with me. Yeah, I'm happy to be here, and I'm excited to you know get get Halifax more into this podcast as well. And I really yeah. look forward to listening to the chat you had with uh, Jesse and Doug. I do too. So uh, without further ado, here's, uh, here's my chat with uh, Jesse and Doug. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Doug. Thanks for joining me. 
Hey. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So Jesse, um, tell me, I know I dropped the uh, mic out uh, to you yesterday for this podcast uh, in a what appeared to be a hailstorm. Yeah, yeah, we were getting a little bit of sunshine, a little bit of rain, a little bit of hail. Uh, just good New Brunswick weather, right? That's New Brunswick spring weather. And that situates a little bit, Jesse, because I know um, I hadn't actually been out to your place this before. And it's a, a gorgeous spot out on, on a kind of cases river. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, just a small little uh, farm right out in the valley in Quispamsis. And uh, yeah, we're super lucky to be living out here on the compound, kind of hiding out from the zombies and the, the COVID and, uh yeah my wife's uh just planting all these vegetables and whatnot so um the restaurants are closed down but uh you know stuff uh still continues on and you grow vegetables for for your businesses uh, on that piece of land don't you yeah yes yeah uh so uh, a lot of the uh, vegetables herbs uh, edible flowers all those things uh, are produced here on the farm and my wife manages that. And uh, we do a little bit of vertical integration um, where we're bringing things right into the restaurants and whatnot. So uh, yeah, and we've uh, been doing that for I don't know, like 15 years, I guess now. And tell me about your, your situation at home. Do you have kids living in the house with you? Uh, yeah, we have uh, we have our 21 year old. He's out of the house, and then we have two tweens uh, that are uh, you know, living here at the house. So, yeah, yeah, we're kind of dealing with the you know the kids and no school and uh, that whole aspect of what we're going through right now. So it's uh, it's interesting, but they're they're super lucky. Um, you know, we have a great big yard. We have walking trails and everything like that. Lots of space for them uh, to to go outside, but. Um, you know, I couldn't imagine, uh, you know, what some people in the world are going through right now with, uh, you know, being locked in apartments and, uh, you know, I mean, sort of urban areas where, you know, you can't really get out and whatnot. So, uh, we're super lucky. Yeah. Any, any highlights from the, uh, the family all trying to get a, get along at home? Uh, I think it's just, you know what I mean? A matter of, uh, you know, I mean, hard pants, soft pants. You know what I mean? Like, okay, let's, you know what I mean? Get up and kind of have a sense of normality. Like, you know, maybe have a shower, guys. Uh, you know, when you're, when you're dealing with young teenagers, you know, you got to, you know, stay on top of them. Uh, make sure that they're hopping in the shower and, and doing and brushing their teeth and stuff like that when there's, you know, really no set schedule, right? So, uh, yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of a balancing act, really. And and are the uh, your two younger ones so they be in school so they, are they able to kind of follow a day to day program or are they uh, yeah so how's that hanging well it's kind of a it, it's you know I mean the teachers are are, are put in the course uh, the courses and the the workload online um, so that they're able to work at it at, at their own pace um, and uh, our kids um, unlike myself actually do uh, uh, very well in school. Um, so they just kind of like knock it out when, uh, when they need to. Um, I, I don't feel that the, you know what I mean? The, the teachers are putting a lot of pressure on them for, for schooling and whatnot. Um, it's just sort of like, here's some little projects and stuff like that. And then on, uh, Wednesdays they have like, sort of like a, a like a group class where, you know, they can ask the teacher questions or they need, you know, need different things or whatnot. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it, it's a weird sense of normality now. Like it's, 
yeah, it's, I, I, I think we'll look back years from now and see sort of like, you know, what happened with people in our cultures and, and whatnot and how our cultures have shifted uh, because of this whole thing. Now you're, you're used to running back and forth between your, your businesses. How are, how are you doing spending a lot of time at home? Uh, I am going a little squirrely. Um, luckily I have a lot of different little hobbies and projects and, and, and things. And, um, my wife, Kim is, uh, you know, ready to put me to work whenever, <laughs> um, but you don't even have a spare moment, but, uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's a little, you know what I mean? It's different. It's, uh, it's something where you're kind of like, if you had a better feeling and I didn't have all this like angst and worry about my businesses, about my employees, um, about the future or whatnot, it would almost be to the point of enjoyable. Uh, but you know, with all those other different things, it's, uh, you know what I mean? It's kind of, it's scary, right? So uh, when you're kind of pent up and you kind of feel like your hands are tied, um, it kind of puts you in uh, kind of a weird state of mind. And how about you, Doug? How are, how are things going in Dartmouth? You know, it's, uh, <laughs> I'd echo a lot of what Jesse said. Um, you know, our family, uh, we were actually in Mexico when, when all the craziness really started to, to go down. So you know, we've been with our two kids, um, for pretty much like two straight months now. Um, so that's, you know, that's been interesting, but, um, it's been, you know, it's been, we're, we're very lucky too. Like we, we live in a great part of, uh, of Dartmouth where we're close to a lake and we're within walking distance to work. And, um, so we're outside quite a bit, you know, the parks reopened last Friday, which was a godsend. Um, you know, it just gave everybody sort of a, I, like literally a breath of fresh air, um, being able to spread out a little bit more, um, and not be confined to sidewalks. But, you know, I mean, it's interesting, like people, um, are, are probably going through a lot of different things right now, but where Renee and I work together and Jesse's probably similar to you and your wife, um, like this is kind of normal for us to be spending this much time together. So, um, I still drive her crazy the same amount of time. Um, but you know, uh, we're, we're, you know, in the same boat, just trying to get our kids, uh, motivated in the morning to get some stuff done, trying to follow a bit of a routine, but, um, trying not to push too hard either. We don't want this to be like a really negative experience for them. So, you know, we've, uh, we've, we've been not too relaxed with the school, but relaxed enough so that it's not a huge chore for them. Um, but all in all, you know, like our health is good, you know, it's the weather starting to get a little nicer. So, you know, it could, it definitely could be worse. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's beautiful. I don't know what it's like in Dartmouth, but I'm sure it's the same thing for you, Jesse. Like it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful morning in, in St. John. So I think, uh, we, we have two kids at home too, and it's always better when we wake up to the sunshine and, and it's nice out. And, and I mean, I had uh, a long chat with, um, some friends, uh, a couple of weeks ago who live in, in, uh, New York and, and Toronto. And, and we did, uh, you know, a, a, a chat online together and the different, the difference in the experience between being in the Maritimes, and I know um, Doug in, in Nova Scotia, it's been a different situation than it's been uh, here in, in New Brunswick in terms of the parks being shut down, and and we opened up a little bit earlier than you. But it is nice. I know we do find with our kids that it's nice to be able to go on those long hikes and those bike rides and those runs and those walks. It kind of it kind of keeps us all a bit energized through all this. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely necessary for the mental health, I think, to be able to, to get out of your, you know, whatever living situation you have. And just, uh, and even, you know, like, even though we're distancing when we're on walks and stuff like that, like we, you know, we live in a neighborhood where we kind of know everybody. And, you know, you're still saying hi to people and catching up, you know, six feet apart and stuff like that. So there is that social aspect that I think has been really important for us too. And I think Doug, you were you were telling me when we um, chatted a couple of days ago too that you actually see, uh, even though you you've been shut down um, for now, you've seen a lot of your customers on the street. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, um, the majority of our customers are people that live in in the sort of downtown Dartmouth area and have become good friends of ours. Um, so they're, they're the same people that we would see, you know, often on our mornings, morning walks around the lake. And Renee and I spend a lot of time sitting on the stoop um, and we're on, you know, kind of a main drag, um, at least for like the walking routes. So around the lake. So, you know, people often stop and we chat and catch up. So, um, so that's been good. And even when we go to work, we're down on Portland street, you know, we, uh, we'll see a lot of people coming down the street that we would normally see. So it hasn't been, I know for some people, it's really been this sort of isolating kind of experience where they just, uh, don't see colleagues. They don't see friends. Um, we haven't had that same experience. Um, the one thing that's been really hard though for us, and I'm sure, um, the same thing would apply to Jesse too, is not seeing the team. You know, we have our core team yeah. that we've been continuing to work with, but there's, you know, almost 30 of them that we, we've seen through zoom calls, which is not the same, but it's just, you know, these people we have strong bonds with and it's, and that's been, that's been really tough. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a huge thing. Cause we have such a wonderful team or teams, um and you know what i mean like you're used to seeing these people all the time and, and you know what i mean dealing with them and you know what I mean? interacting and then all of a sudden that's kind of like cut out of your life um so it, it, it's a bit of a withdrawal really mm-hmm. absolutely now now doug a lot of and this be the same with jesse but doug a lot of people uh in in dartmouth obviously are big fans of of your restaurant but for for people who might not be familiar with it um can you tell us a little bit about it sure yeah um so the canteen originally started um about six years ago um as a, a small sort of counter service sandwich shop um so it started with uh, so my wife renee labelle you know she's been a chef for 25 years very accomplished, worked in, you know, fine dining establishments and various establishments all over the world. Um, but after, you know, being at home for a few years to, to raise our two kids, um, she was itching to get back to the industry. So this was sort of like her reentry because she wasn't interested in working for anyone else at that point. So, um, so spent a, like almost three years in that location and then had an opportunity to move to, uh, Portland street, which is the main drag and, downtown Dartmouth, which, you know, has gone through a, you know, some down times in the last few decades and, and is now, you know, experiencing a resurgence. But we opened a 65 seat uh, neighborhood restaurant, uh, full service restaurant. And then we also subsequently opened um, a little takeout spot uh, right next door called Little C. Um, so yeah, we're, we're a neighborhood restaurant. We, um, we do, you know, lunch and dinner, um, weekend brunch, and, you know, we're typically pretty busy. We, uh, see a lot of a big mix of people throughout the year and then you know we we do experience a lot of tourism traffic typically in the during the tourism season as well so um you know it's a it's been about it's been over three years in our location on portland street and we were actually in the midst of just uh, uh about to 
um, start construction on another project directly across the street from where we are now on a neighborhood pub. So that's that's kind of been put on hold. But uh, but yeah, we have a we have an amazing group of people that we work with and and really truly amazing customers. Um, but the food is very, uh, you know, approachable, but it's, it's, it's excellent. You know, Renee is an incredible chef. Um, but our goal with this was to make it a real neighborhood spot. That was, uh, something that you could bring, you know, your, your, your newborn and your great grandmother all at the same time and, and, and have a great experience and really feel like you've been welcomed and then it's, and it's truly an authentic kind of thing. So, you know, we're missing all that a lot right now, but, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll be back in that zone soon enough. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't say enough uh, great things about your uh, lovely wife, uh, Renee. You know, she's been a uh, standard bearer, waving the flag uh, for Eastern Canada as a chef, and for you know, I mean, like decades. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's so awesome to have you guys in Nova Scotia, and you guys pushing the bar and raising the bar and all that stuff. So, yeah. Thank you. Jesse, tell us a, a little bit about your restaurants and where things are right now. Um, well, uh, the St. John Ale House, uh, we are currently closed and sort of trying to figure out um, how we're going to reopen and what that's going to look like. Uh, the Ale House is a very big restaurant. Um, we're over 300 seats. Um, it's, it's something that we're trying to kind of balance and try to figure out um, how we're you know, going to pivot. Um, with that because uh, we are kind of getting like little uh, tidbits of like how things are going to reopen we're looking at other uh, other places in the world how they're opening up and whatnot and uh, the reality of it is is that uh, you know we we had a certain business plan uh, for that spot and um, you know depending on how things uh, how the provincial government allows things to open up will depend is that business plan feasible um, are we able to, uh, you know what I mean, do what we used to do or are we going to have to go in a completely different route? Um, so yeah, it's, uh, you know, there, there's a bit of an uncertainty there. Right. And, um, yeah, that's kind of where we're at with that. Um, uh, we have two spots, uh, in market square, Toro and Bard, which are QSRs, quick service restaurants. Uh, and they're set up, uh, prior to all this online ordering and whatnot and uh we're kind of looking at uh, having uh, those opened up and uh, be able to do delivery in the uptown and uh, take out and uh there might be a possibility that the mall might open back up and you know uh businesses in the uh in the square might open up with social distancing and whatnot so uh we're kind of looking into into that and uh trying to get that on the go uh and then uh smoking pig is uh set to open up in the next couple weeks um which is out here in quispam sis and uh it literally is a takeout always has been a takeout um so really we don't have to do that many changes to that business model um it just uh yeah uh, I, I think we're looking into doing some delivery uh, because that's something that we don't really have out here in the Valley is a, a good delivery system. And um, yeah, so it's, yeah, there's a lot of, there, there's a lot of uh, speculation and uh, that's what we've been doing a lot of there lately is trying to speculate on how we're going to reopen. And and neither of you uh, decided to go with, uh, with a, uh, a takeout 
uh, style option out of the gate you both shut down eh uh yeah well for us we were watching the whole thing go down and um uh, like kind of across the board uh, my business partner peter stoddart uh sits on the uh, uh executive uh, board of restaurants canada um he was at meetings in toronto uh at the end of february and that was the talk of the town. Like that was what they were discussing. They're like, how is this going to affect? When is this going to hit North America? So we had it on our radar quite early and we had plan A, plan B, plan C, um, kind of like for all the different scenarios. And uh, then as it got closer and closer, and then we were just sort of chatting with people in Toronto and Montreal and New York and uh, Vancouver. And it was, we sort of came to the realization that, you know, we need to shut the door, protect our staff, protect our customers and protect our community. So that was the real driving force for us was uh, like, let's do a big shutdown Let's contact all our friends in the industry uh, here in New Brunswick. And uh, there was some great collaboration between Fredericton and Moncton. Um, I'd say the spearheads of Fredericton would be uh, uh, Mike Babineau. uh, And uh, in uh, Moncton, it was Matt Uden and Rob Taylor. Uh, Here in uh, St. John, it was my, my partner, Peter Stoddart. And they were all coordinating and everybody was kind of like, you know what, let's just like kind of close down because the wave is coming. Let's get in front of this thing. And, um, I, you know, we shut down, we were all shut down uh, before St. Patty's Day, which I think was a, uh, was a big thing for New Brunswick. Because as you know, St. Patty's Day in New Brunswick, it's packed bars, people getting drunk, licking each other. <laughs> I mean, like it's... Uh, There was a point, you know what I mean? And everybody pretty much, I'd say like 98% of, uh, of the restaurants and bars were like, okay, we're, we're putting a hold on things. And I think that's, you know, one of the reasons that, uh, that, that we did slow the virus here in uh, the province for sure. And Doug, how about your decision around how you were going to approach this in terms of shutting down? Yeah, so, you know, very much the same kind of situation as Jesse. Um, we've been keeping a close eye on this. And as I mentioned, we were in Mexico and things really started to escalate. Um, but we, you know, we were running through the various scenarios of like, we knew that the government was going to start to impose, you know, social distancing orders and things like that. But it was the 16th of uh, March when, you know, Renee and I were at home in self-isolation trying to manage this crisis from our couch, which was so bizarre. But, um, you know, we we kind of made the decision. We're like, you know what, we have to we just got to shut it down. This is not good for anybody to stay open right now. It's not good for the safety of our staff. It's not good for, you know, the safety of our customers. And then, you know, the greater kind of like, you know, uh, responsibility of like trying to flatten the curve, like if you're trying to get people gathered in a confined space that's certainly not contributing to that. So, you know, we made that decision quickly. It was excruciating um, and we had no idea what kind of protective measures would be in place for our team, um, which was, that was the hardest part. Um, But we knew that we would find a way to support them if they needed it to bridge a gap between, you know, their last paycheck and any kind of like uh, EI. Um, So, yeah, so it was, it was hard. And then since then, you know, like, uh, Renee and I, you know, we're in a fortunate 
situation where we didn't have to reopen immediately to try to generate uh, cash flow right away. We knew we could kind of, if we could stop the bleeding as much as possible, we could kind of ride things out a little bit just to see what was going on. Um, because at first it was like, oh yeah, everyone has to close down for two weeks. And then, you know, it sounded like we we're going to be back to normal, but we, we knew that that wasn't going to be the case. So we just thought that we should take a deep breath, figure out what's going on and then, and then move forward. So we've kind of, you know, during that time we've, we've opened our community kitchen and then, and then we're planning on launching, uh, um, you know, a soft launch of our, of our takeout on Friday. So you know, um, we'll see how it all goes. It's, it's still, you know, like Jesse said, you don't, you certainly don't, uh, build a, you know, a business plan for a restaurant around like an empty dining room or, a, a even a half empty dining room. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. And, and, you know, as far as everyone talks about pivoting this and pivoting that, like I'm kind of, you know, I understand the, the rationale for a lot of businesses and stuff like that, but for restaurants, it's, there's only so many kind of pivots you can make um, within our industry, you know, short of becoming a, you know, corner store slash takeout restaurant. I mean, um, outside of that, you got to get really creative. And, and so I think that, you know, we'll see what happens, but that's sort of where our situation is right now. I think you got a really great point there, Doug. Um, and that's what I, like, as I've been watching a lot of this is like people are, restaurateurs, chefs, uh, like they're trying to figure out. And I think some people are, were running really quickly to like, okay, now we're going to do this. We're going to do takeout. We're going to, you know, but like, they're like a white tablecloth restaurant that hasn't done takeout. And now they're trying to do $75 tasty menus that you put together at your house. And you know what I mean? It's, it, it's almost a little bit like grasping at straws. And, you know, I mean, that sort of shows the reality of our industry is that a lot of these guys, um, you know, like they're, they're just on the edge, right? Like they, uh, you know, have enough to pay the rent and pay their staff and they're just kind of getting by, but they're not getting ahead. And, uh, you know, that's sort of forcing them to like quickly go, okay, now, um, now my, I, I need truffle risotto for takeout. Um, you know, which, you know, like the white truffle risotto is not going to be good for takeout. Um, so I think there's like, you know, I mean, like it's sort of showing like this, um, you know, the, the fragility of, uh, of our industry. And, uh, I think that's masked a lot with marketing and, you know, we look at these, uh, big, awesome restaurants and stuff like that. And we're like, wow. Um, you know, I mean, like that, that's amazing. Uh, you know, in the art in there and you walk in and it's like this, multi-million dollar establishment um but the the reality of it is it's it's pennies on the dollar and uh these guys are you know a month away from you know shutting down at, at any given time and i know uh jesse because we were we were talking about this you're even going to face some challenges around reopening and and having to you know kind of go on social distancing uh protocols and and have restaurants then that are less full than you need them to be yeah, when you have a have a business plan, and well, you're paying for square footage, right? Like, um, so if you have this massive square footage, um, but you're only using the kitchen for takeout, you know, you're still sp- you're still paying for you know all that that square footage. So, 
you know, that's what I was sort of talking about these business plans. Like, you know, we have a certain business plan of like, you know, we're busy at this time and this season and, you know, we've been around for, for over 16 years and, you know, we have all the data and we sort of have that figured out for staffing levels and whatnot. But now we're in a situation where, you know, we have to guess and speculate and uh, sort of figure out, you know, can we make enough revenue off? office to you know supply people and then all of a sudden you're going into competition where um you know uh, uh, doug and renee are in the same boat you know you're supporting uh small farmers you're buying really good product from fishermen and whatnot you know we didn't uh make our names on using the cheap of the cheap but then all of a sudden you're competing against um you know these other takeout restaurants that like say McDonald's that have always done takeout and people go there and they, you know, I mean, they're used to the drive through. So all of a sudden you're, you're taking your, you know, $18 uh, grass fed hamburger and uh, hand cut fries and, you know what I mean? Matching that up with like a big Mac. Right. So that's where the, you know, some of the competition is. Right. Do you foresee some of those challenges around restarting uh, with it with a takeout, Doug? Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we've been talking about it for weeks now. And we just a big thing that we, we wanted to do is, uh, you know, get ourselves in a situation where we could keep most of the transactional stuff um, online. Um, and, you know, we're going to start with curbside pickup and then potentially move into delivery. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know. Talk, talk about the burger, for example, um, Renee was just mentioning that, you know, our ground beef supplier, Olton Farms out in uh, Windsor, Nova Scotia, who we buy the majority of our, our meat from, you know, they've had to increase the price of ground beef by $2 a pound. And they said that it might have to increase by another dollar, which is, which is substantial. Like that's like a 50% increase, like overnight kind of thing. Um, so it, it and, and when we're, kind of positioned like semi-premium to start with, it does make it challenging. I think we're, you know, at this stage right now, we're kind of lucky in a sense um, that people have a lot of disposable income kicking around a certain segment of, I should say, of the of the population because of, you know, not spending money on various things like travel and kids' activities and maybe having, you know, some government assistance in different areas and things like that. But you know, you have to wonder how long that will last. Um, you know, and uh, we do we do foresee some challenges for sure. Like we we really hope that we can, you know, um, keep our heads above water by um, by doing takeout. Um, and we'll really we'll see. Like we really don't know at this stage right now. We're starting with two days a week, and then we'll see um, if there's enough demand to, to increase that. Our goal is to to get it up to a point where we can start to hire back some people. Um, but at the same time, we certainly can't be doing this, um, you know, in a, and, and be losing money at the same time, which is entirely possible. So um, we're going to be keeping a close eye on it and, and just see how things go. But we're really shifting our whole menu around. We're trying to find uh, items that travel well, that, you know, are things that people want to eat at home. Portion sizes are going to change. You know, we're trying to, add, you know, interesting touches to the packages that, you know, help get our personality in people's homes and, and not just because we have, we do have to compete against, you know, all the big brands out there that have a very well-oiled machine for this kind of scenario. So, um, we need to show why we, you know, it is, it is great to be able to buy from your, your local, 
uh, restaurant. And, um, so, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing how things go. We're, we're staying very optimistic, but you know, cautiously optimistic, I should say. Now I know Doug, a lot of this must be about also reconnecting, uh, with your customers too, cause I'm sure it's the case of, for both of you that you, these are highly social businesses, right? And I, and, and I'm sure you have very long standing and strong connections to customers. Yeah. I mean, that's been, you know, for me personally, it's, that's, that's been one of the hardest things because, you know, I'm in the dining room most days and, you know, I'm telling my same dad jokes 50 times in one day. And now I can't do that with my family cause they'll disown me. But, um, but you know, there's, there's definitely a lot of people that are out there that haven't been in the restaurant for at least a month or two. Um, and we're trying to find ways to remain relevant in their lives, you know, cause, uh, you know, we work so hard on building that brand and, and our, and our presence in the community. So, you know, we've, we've, uh, that was, you know, one of the reasons that we wanted to get involved with the community kitchen, uh, the canteen, because, you know, community has been, you know, uh, very high on the list of our values at the restaurant and, um, you know, our, our customers have kind of gotten to know us through that as well. So, um, you know, that was one way that we were able to quickly, uh, you know, change our, our, our model a little bit to be able to, you know, stay in the minds of, of our customers, but also be able to, to give back to people that really need some assistance right now. So, um, but it, it is, that's part of the motivation for us with doing takeout too, is just to allow people to, you know, enjoy what we're, our product is, you know, and unfortunately it's harder to, um, to, you know, deliver that kind of hospitality that they're used to as well. Cause that's a huge part of, of what we do well. Um, but, you know, I think that we're, we're hoping to find ways to, to deliver on that as well. A question for both of you. Uh, I know it's hard to, you know, assess, you know, how, how things are going to look when we all come out of this, what are some of the pivots that you see that you'll, you'll need to make, you might need to make coming out of this in the way that you operate your restaurants? Like what will there be certain kinds of innovations or changes in practices? Well, right now we're talking about, and we were just in uh, yesterday at the Ale House sort of walking around on how do we switch up things? Like, you know, if they open up the restaurants and they're like, okay, but no one can be uh, at the bar because it's, you know what I mean? Like, do we need to put plexiglass up? Um, you know, like how permanent do we make that plexiglass? Like, is there, you know, um, do we, are we going to be allowed to use the patios? And if so, how do we spread them out? Um, or how do we create a sort of an environment for people to sort of come on and, and, and hang out. Um, yeah, just so, so many different variables. Yeah. I, you know, I've been listening to so many webinars and podcasts and, and all kinds of things, you know, from, uh, operators all over the place. Um, you know, and some are like making these dramatic pivots. Like there was one that I was listening to yesterday of a restaurant group in, in, in Washington, DC, and they fully turned into like, like neighborhood grocery stores, um, with their restaurants, um, you know, which that's a big commitment to make that shift. Like, um, and you know, there's a significant investment that goes into that as well. Um, and you have to have the infrastructure that can support something like that. Um, so, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're going to do all the basics that we have to do to be able to reopen our dining room as far as, you know, 
changing our, our seating plan and uh, looking at um, possible changes to the service delivery. Um, but it's, you know, it's really hard to, to figure it all out right now because it does, you know, <laughs> I, ha- I always have to stop and pause for a second because, uh, you know, I'm like, it feels like we've been living in some days. It feels like we've been living in this world for years. Um, but when you stop and think it's like, it's been two months, you know? And so like, and the, and the speed at which things are transpiring is like, it's, it's up and down. It's this roller coaster, like that first week of us shutting our restaurants down and doing all that kind of thing. That's, that was like, we, we basically put, you know, a year's worth of decision-making into like several days, you know? So, um, and it's, and I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I try not to get too wrapped up in, in what the trends are and stuff like that, because I'm, you know, we're hoping to make decisions that will work for the long term and not just service our needs for the next couple of weeks. So yeah, it's really hard to know. And it's, and it's kind of heartbreaking in a way because, you know, we certainly didn't, um, start these businesses to, to be in the situation, um, and restaurants and the magic, you know, behind what, you know, we do and what Jesse and his team do. Um, it's, it's really hard to replicate that under the new kind of, um, uh, protocol. So I don't know, we'll see, I'm sure people will get used to it and we'll figure out a way to make it happen. But, um, you know, we're, we're sort of, we're, we're, we're being cautious and and we're taking our time to do it because we just don't want to go all in on one thing and just for the government to turn around and change their mind about something, or, you know, all of a sudden there's a miracle cure and we can go back to normal, you know? So it's all these kind of things that we're weighing at the same time. When, when you say it'll be hard to replicate under like the new protocols, do you mean that in terms of that friendliness and intimacy of that restaurant experience? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, go ahead, Jesse. Cause I think you can definitely speak to you guys yeah. have a bustling restaurant and it's, there's something magic behind that. There's uh, yeah, there's definitely like, you know, the possibility that it's like, okay, now the servers have to wear gloves and masks and they can't actually, you know, they can put the the food on the table, but they have to stand back, but they can't do wine service. Um, You know, I mean, like there, there, there's a lot of different, uh, you know, sort of possibilities that could pop up, but it can go in the other direction too, because, you know, you're seeing sort of this, uh, you know, like you see it in the, in the States where, you know, people are, are out there and they're, you know what I mean? They're, they want it torn down and they don't care. Uh, places like Sweden, you know what I mean? They're like the bars and the restaurants are, you know, they're still open. Uh, they're just like, well, you know, if you're sick, stay away. You know, that's a possibility that, you know, in the world might get to that point where everybody's just like, okay, we're just going to compartmentalize this and uh, we just want to go back to life. We don't really, you know what I mean, care scary um uh i don't really necessarily agree with that but um it depended on how long we go with this you know it's it's been like what two months uh and you know people are already going squirrely is there a breaking point where people are just don't care anymore and open it right up so um or does it go in the opposite direction Right. Where all of a sudden we're realizing that this is mutating and changing and now it's attacking the kids. And like I said, and like Doug was saying, like you invest uh, and you make the plans for X and it turns out to be Y. So, you know, what is that investment? And, you know, if you do and 
you get opened up and then all of a sudden, you know what I mean? It's uh, there's a big outbreak and the province is like, okay, we're shutting everything down again. Um, I know the shutdown cost us, like we uh, told the staff to take, you know, food, uh, you know, I mean, there was, you know, stuff that was tossed out, there was stuff that was donated, there was, you know, that cost of us shutting down, not bringing in any revenue, having the staff store everything, processing everything while we were closed down, putting everything away and cleaning and everything like that, that cost us like, you know, a pile of money. Um we can't just like kind of keep going through that every, you know, every few weeks just because of uh, uh, influx in cases. Well, I really appreciate your time guys. I'd love to, um, I kind of like to end, end on a note of, of, um, and I know it's, it's challenging because, you know, we're all in this time where our businesses are, are shut down or scaled down and, and we don't know what the future looks like. Um, with, with both of you, when you kind of look at it through kind of your, your most optimistic lens, um, how do things look? Well, I, I would say probably one of the, uh, the big things um, sort of on a positive note is uh, I think everybody's a little more aware of, you know, virus viruses now, um, you know, colds and this and that. And it's not something that we've been kind of like taking seriously. Um, and, you know, like w- we've had like a communicable uh, disease policy uh, in our companies uh, for a long time. And that was like, you know, just because we didn't want like colds running rampant through uh, through our staff. But, uh, you know, I mean, that's something that, uh, you know, people didn't really and businesses didn't really take into uh, take into account. Um, you know, people, you know, were used to showing up with, the, you know, I mean, the, the cold or, you know, I mean, or whatnot, and, you know, trying trying to come to work. So uh, in, a mul- in all sorts of different industries, um, you know, it, going forward, are people going to be a little more aware? Um, are people, go, oh, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sick. So I'm going to wear, uh, and I have to go to the grocery store, I'm going to wear a, a, a mask so that I'm not breathing on everybody. So um, I think, yeah, maybe that's maybe more more positive part of it. One of the things, and I know, you I mean, you guys built your businesses around an appreciation for locally grown food and, and, and uh, is, is, is that appreciation, is there a possibility that's going to intensify through all this if, uh, and, 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 and people are going to really come in and, and in a rush to support to support local even more than they have before? Definitely in New Brunswick, I think it was a, a big eye opener for the government to realize the percentage of food that is produced here in New Brunswick. Um, I think the premier was kind of saying like, oh, you know, I thought we had all kinds of farms, you know what I mean? There's like, you know, we're a very rural area, but realizing that, uh, you know, we only produce like something like 4% of the food consumed in the province, um, you know, is, is a big eye opener. That means that our food security is, uh, is not solid. That means if all of a sudden, you know what I mean? There were, Donald Trump decided to build the wall and stop everything from coming into Canada, like we would be screwed. So, uh, yeah, I think this is, uh, this is a big eye opener. My wife's company, um, uh, which is sort of garden uh, consulting and whatnot is, uh, is, is booming right now because people are kind of like realizing they're like, Oh, wait a second. Like what happens if I go to the grocery store and I can't get those products that I want? 
Um, and we're seeing it already. Like, I don't know if you guys have been to the grocery store and tried to get flour or yeast or cornstarch or something like that. Like, it's like, uh, it's like communist Russia back in the eighties. Oh, we yeah. can end with you, Doug. What's your, what's your sense of things? Yeah. I mean, I'll, you know, in my very optimistic outlook, you know, I think one of the, the, the things that have, that's come out of this, that kind of gives me some some hope is uh, um, I think people there's been a real spotlight on on restaurants throughout all this just due to you know how hard we've been impacted by it and hoping you know there's unfortunately going to be a bit of a shakeout um, before we're through it I think unfortunately but you know for those that do survive I really hope that um, it will give us an opportunity to really assess like the industry itself and 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 look at some of the sort of system like uh, systematic um, uh, issues that we have in the industry and, and how we might address those going forward, because there are, you know, lots of issues around, you know, how, how we're able to, to charge the right amount for our product to be able to pay our team what they deserve, you know, and, and sort of not be continually stuck in this race to the bottom. Um, but that, you know, that's my, my sort of optimistic view on it. Maybe this is an opportunity for our industry to evolve a little bit and and get us to a point where you know it becomes more healthy and sustainable for everyone involved um but you know we're, we're still a ways off from that but there's never been a better moment you know in modern times where we we've, we've had this opportunity to to talk about it as an industry and say like what are the big problems that are plaguing us right now and we know that a lot of it boils down to you know how our labor force is is treated and compensated and you know, tipping issues and, and, and disparity and compensation and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see what comes of that, but that's certainly an area that, that I'm kind of remaining hopeful that we'll see some change going forward. All right. Well, thanks a lot, guys. I really appreciate you taking the, the time to talk to me this morning. Not a problem there, Mark. Yeah. yeah and, hopefully, uh, and hopefully we can catch up again soon. We'll do a, We'll do a part two. Absolutely. Awesome. Right. You've been listening to Huddle's new podcast, Home Office, and that was my conversation with Jesse Vergen and Doug Townsend. Thanks a lot for joining me this week, guys. And uh, you can find a Home Office, that was episode number three, on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. And you can also stay on top of uh, business news around the Maritimes on our website, huddle.today. That's www.huddle.today. Dot today and you can also subscribe to our daily newsletter and uh, free in your inbox every morning you will find a list of all the stories that have been produced that day um, on business news in the Maritimes and uh, Home Office is produced by me Mark Legere, Sharice Letson and Tyler McLean and we look forward to talking to you again next week <laughs>